It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Missouri State University. University in Springfield, Missouri, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Oh, that's good. Thank you for the warm welcome. Our guest is uh, Missouri State student athlete Caleb, and God help me on this because I don't want to get fined by the FCC. Shafitzel. Yeah. Is that right? Shafitzel? Yep, that's right. That is so close to being something else. Oh, yeah? And we could have just got fined $250,000. Shafitzel. Caleb Shafitzel. Okay, I'm not going to say that again without looking at my paper, because if I don't look at that paper and read it, Caleb Shafitzel. What's the uh, background on that? What's, what's your nationality? Uh, it's pretty strong German. German, okay. Shafitzel. 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 Isn't that a song from uh, Shapoopy? Shapoopy. What is that? The Music Man? The Music Man? Am I the only one that knows musicals in this room? <laughs> Boy, is my face red. Okay, Caleb Schaffitzel, you have been uh, nominated by the administration here at Missouri State University for uh, what we call the Caught in the Act Award. It's uh, where you've been noticed or recognized for something you've done off the field, some of the high character, integrity, maybe community service. I I don't even know what you've done. Do you have any idea why the coaching staff here at Missouri State nominated you for this award? Yeah, it's because uh, we do healthy heroes. Some of the guys on the football team and girls on the field hockey team, we go over to the Boys and Girls Club, and we spend a little bit of time with the kids over there, hang out with them, and then we play games and we talk about living a healthy lifestyle. That is killer, and it's called, uh, what is it called again? Healthy Heroes? Yeah. And is this uh, part of, a, um, I guess, like a child obesity initiative, or what's the overall initiative? I think for us it's just going there and hanging out, but that gives us a reason to go over there and <laughs> say what we need to. And you're part of the football team here at Missouri State. Let me guess, linebacker? Or? <laughs> strong safety. Strong safety. That's a big strong safety. That's a big strong safety. And you team up with the ladies' field hockey team to do this? Yeah. I can see right through you, man. (laughs) All right, be honest. If the ladies' field hockey team wasn't doing it, would you still do it? Yeah. Yes, you would, and that's why you won this award. Caleb Schaffetzel. Let's have a round of applause for Caleb. Thank you so much, Missouri State University. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically what would sound better than college football star how about nfl football star we are with one now a newly appointed nfl star a rookie in the league he is jonathan newsom his friends and family call him jnew for short and that's what i'm going to call you jnew how are you i'm doing good adam how you doing i'm doing fantastic uh, ball state university football and now indianapolis colts football how's that feel i mean it feels at home i'm in my comfort zone didn't have to go too far Happy to be here. What? Uh, where'd you play high school? I went to uh, Glenville High School in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, this is all close for yeah, you, and and being at Ball State, an hour away in Muncie, um, probably a Colts fan the last couple of years. Oh yeah, most definitely. Especially with all these Indiana fans, I had to adapt. So. Now, did uh, you know? I guess the your your agent or the the draft process. I mean, did you know that you'd be playing an hour? Well, really, forty nine minutes away. When did that hit? 
Uh, I mean, it hit, it hit for real on, on draft day when they when they uh, made the phone call. But um, I think I got a feel. I got a really good feeling about it getting closer and closer to the draft. You know, I started to feel more interest from the Indianapolis Colts. So. so those mock drafts actually have some validity when you see them lined up and you're like, okay, I guess the Colts could pick me. Maybe the first couple of rounds, but after that, I think you know all the expertise stuff okay. th- gets thrown out the window, and it's really just a toss-up. It's about who the NFL. It's about which team likes you. So, well, on the football field uh, with Janu, uh, there there takes a lot of. Um, integrity and leadership to play the game of football and I like talking about leadership and integrity off the football field as well uh, at Ball State through your college career let's talk about some of those service projects you were involved with community service through the athletic department anything uh, pop in your head oh yeah plenty of times um, see I did community service over at the um, church um, actually the church actually slips the name actually slips in my mind but I've uh, I visited the boys and girls club many times in Muncie my guy Micah actually runs the whole boys and girls club so those kids up there they know me pretty well uh, I go to that every time I go to like a women's basketball game I got little Ben and Kate those are my two favorite those are my two favorite kids in Muncie uh, they're like my little brother and sister but uh you know, just I, I'm, I'm just a face in the community down there. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows I love Ball State and uh, and I love the community. I love the kids. So. Well, you mentioned kids and the way kids look up to football players, even high school football players, because uh, it takes a certain certain skill set to play in the NFL. But let's face it, there's some high school football players that, that look like you. You know, oh, a six-three, yeah. two-hundred-twenty-pound guy in high school. There's there's millions of them. Those that physical stature of a of a of a man reaches a kid somehow. When you walk into a room with kids at the Boys and Girls Club and their eyes light up, uh, how's that make you feel? Uh, it just makes me feel like, you know, I'm doing something positive. I, I can uh, use my talents to just give back and, and, you know, make other people's lives better. And that's really the, you know, that's really the whole thing. That's the biggest thing about playing football is that, you know, you can go out there and play, have fun and do what you love to do. And at the same time, you can affect other people's lives in just ways that you never could imagine. What you just said was perfect. That's something that a PR firm would have to write down, rewrite, get approved, and that just came off the top of your head and it was perfect. I might make like a PSA out of it to really demonstrate to people why it's so important to get up off your couch and help out with your community. That's the whole point of this thing, this rock we're spinning on called Earth. Get off your couch and help uh, like Jonathan Newsom does. Now with Janu, Jonathan Newsom, John Newsom, what, what do you prefer? I mean, I prefer Janu. Janu, I like it. It almost sounds, uh, I don't know when I heard Janu if you were from Hawaii or <laughs> if you were Samoan right, or right. what? what? It's, it's a little, it kind of kind of foreign. But I've been I've been calling myself Jay New since high school. I like that Jay New. What uh, now uh, on the back of the jersey it'll say Newsom. Yeah, definitely. And that's a good pro name. There's yeah. been plenty of great high quality pros named Newsom in the past, so you're in good company there. Yeah. Do you know your number yet? 91. 91. Yep. All right. And uh, when you get your feet on the ground here in Indianapolis as a Colts player and you want to start a charity or get more involved with charities, you let me know and we'll get behind you and help out too with the Adam Rich Show because that's, that's what we're about too. All right. We will do that. It'll get done. And I appreciate your time. You know what? Before I let you go, though, I, got, I always ask the football players for their favorite uh, play in college, uh, a, a big-time sack, a big-time touchdown, a fumble recovery. What's your best single college football memory uh, from JNU? Uh, so many of them, man. I would, I would say probably the first sack that I had for Ball State was um, against IU uh, my, my redshirt junior year. We uh we and that was actually a big win for us. We went up to IU and we beat them boys. You know we the little we so called the little brothers in uh, yeah. Indiana. You know with Notre Dame and IU and Purdue. 
Ball State made a name for themselves that day, and then I got I was the I was the first one to get a sack for the team that year. Got two two of them that game, and we went in and we won on a game-winning field goal. I think that was the best play from my. You be careful. The chances are, who, who the, do you remember who the quarterback was? Uh, it wasn't. I think it was Nate Sudfield. Well, I tell you, if you can't remember who it was, chances are he's selling insurance in Indianapolis right now, <laughs> and you're going to see him at a restaurant, and he's going to remember you. Yeah. So you watch your back. Well, you know, I'm playing for the coast now, so we all, <laughs> everybody, everybody's all family now. We all can, you know, cheer for the same team. <laughs> you can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. The broadcast rolls on uh, near Pittsburgh on the campus of Penn State Greater Allegheny. Our guest is Jim Chester. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? Tell us real I'm great. Tell us real quick about Penn State uh, Alle- Greater Allegheny. Uh, we're, we're a little south uh, southeast of Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, we're about 15 miles from Pittsburgh. Uh, we are one of the 24 Commonwealth campuses of Penn State University. 24? Yes, sir. 24 spread out all across the Commonwealth. Oh my, I had no idea. I mean, I knew Pennsylvania was a was a wide state, um, and I knew Penn State was a big deal. But 20, I'm that's amazing to me. 24? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. We have about 700 students here. You know, we uh, we offer every degree that Penn State offers at least the first two years of it. Um, we have some four-year majors here, along with a lot of four-year athletic programs. Okay, so that's Penn State Greater Allegheny, and as uh, athletic director, you oversee uh, the student athletes, about two, three hundred of them. Yeah, well, actually, a little, little less than uh, two hundred, but uh, you okay. know, we have nine varsity sports this year. We've grown to, uh, that over the last five years. Uh, we've grow, been growing every year. We've added a sport every year, and just continuing to grow every year. What's the last sport you've added? We just added men's and women's soccer this fall. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, well, as athletic director, we bring you on this show, and we come to your campus to talk about integrity and character and community service. So uh, we all know that to be a student athlete, you need a lot of leadership skills, and a lot of times with these young people and their leadership skills, uh, off the court, off the field, they accomplish some great things. Tell us about the community service within your own athletic department? Well, every year uh, for the past five years, we go over to Auburly. Auburly is a home for at-risk youth right across the street here. We do an all-sports clinic. Uh, we have a great day, and then we spend some time one-on-one with the with the um, uh, students that are over at their at-risk home, and we go and we teach them a little bit about, you know, life skills and along with, you know, our specific sports, and we do that every year, and then this year we have a different initiative. Every, every sport is going to do their own community service act. Um, I know our baseball and softball programs are heading over to the Miracle League in Upper St. Clair. We have some uh, teams going to the food bank. we got some doing all kinds of different things in the community. And how long have you been here on campus? Uh, I've been here seven years. Five, so, yes, wow, yeah. you don't look that, you look very young. I was well, going to say you, you don't look that old, but you look very young. <laughs> Appreciate and it. athletic director slash head baseball coach yes. as well. Yes, yes. I've been five years as the AD, seven, this is my seventh year as the baseball coach. So uh, I got thrown into this young and uh, I'm very excited and, you know, running with the opportunity. Okay, so now as we uh, talk about integrity and character uh, with the head baseball coach now, um, and for our listeners, you know, not everybody listening plays sports or ever, ever even touched a baseball, but we can all learn from people of high character. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. One of your players from the baseball diamond over the last five years that exemplified incredible character while on campus, what are they doing now? And why are you not surprised that they're doing it now? Uh, it's uh, That's an easy one. It's it's funny that you bring that up now. I just found out today one of our former players is uh, – Guy enrolled at Northwestern to start his uh, civil engineering PhD. 
No and kidding. yeah, and he started out here, and he was a great. He was a two-sport athlete. Was a high character, always on time. Yes, sir. No, sir. And you just knew this young man was destined for great things. And he's going to be a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised, um, but it's a great accomplishment on that end, and we're very proud of him. And in a few years, you, he won't return your phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sure of that. I really, I hope, I hope he does. Um, but you know, we're very proud of him. And not only was he, you know, a great player he was a great great student and you know he's just uh it seems like the sky's the limit for him well let's give what's his name his name's mike highland uh, he graduated locally here from central catholic high school was a point guard on our basketball team uh was a utility guy baseball wise and just you know did a great job did a great okay job. mike highland dr highland uh, dr. if you're listening in the chicagoland area at northwestern university hi mike how are you thanks for being part of the show jim chester you've been a fantastic host i love the campus penn state greater allegheny anybody listening check it out online uh come to school here i'm sure there are admissions office would love to hear from you what's the uh, website uh, ga.psu.edu and uh yeah we love you and if you know we love general student population but if you're an athlete no we'd love to have you all right that's jim chester thank you so much for coming on the show thank you Hi, this is Craig Tornquist, comedian, motivational speaker, and very proud of uh, my connection with uh, Students Against Destructive Decisions, uh, Special Olympics, and fine United Methodists everywhere. Um, uh, proud to be connected also with Adam Ritz, who is about to entertain you now with more of his interviews. Back to you, Adam. All right, thank you so much for hanging out with the show. If you want to get involved on Twitter, we love Twitter, and we'd love to see you on uh, on your tweet machine. Uh, it's at Adam Ritz, and I'm honored to have our next guest with us. It's Nate Knounce. Hi, Nate. How are you? Excellent. How are you, Adam? I'm doing fantastic. Do you tweet? I do. What's your Twitter? Uh, Bropaz01. <laughs> Bropaz01. Okay, give me the uh, background on that. Um... I speak Spanish, and I picked up the nickname Lopez from a YouTube series, Red vs. Blue, and then they changed it to a bro name, so it's Bropez. Okay, and that leads us into your fraternity, a bro name. You're a fraternity bro, brother, and you are a Sigma Phi Epsilon member uh, here at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, and uh, it's in the southeastern part of Wisconsin. Uh, we're about an hour and a half. Uh, southeast of Madison, Wisconsin, the state capital. And are you from Wisconsin? I am. And uh, you've, what year are you here at uh, UW-Platteville? I am a senior here at Platteville. Senior. Okay. So Greek life, you're the brother, you're Sigma Phi Epsilon, uh, you're going to graduate. So we wanted to bring you on the show to talk about some of the community service projects you've done with Sigma Phi Epsilon here on campus. Uh, that's one of the things I love to get to know about when I travel the country and interview college kids uh, about their social awareness. We want to learn about their philanthropy and community service because it's inspirational to me to get off my couch and get involved and help other people. And it's inspirational for our listeners to hear that there's a guy in Wisconsin that does what you're about to tell us what you do. So what was, uh, give me some, uh, some of your latest uh, community service projects. Uh, coming up, we have what's called our brotherhood auction. So we sell our brothers for three to four hours um, for various services. So we help people rake lawns and clean up houses and do updates to their houses and uh, volunteer at events and stuff like that. Can people just come to that? I mean, it's not a student. Uh, no, can, can someone from two towns over come over and hire you to come mow their lawn for 50 bucks? Yes. Uh, actually, we do, it's open to the community. A lot of community members come to it, and we raise a lot of money. And this year, our proceeds are going to Relay for Life and the MS Walk. 
That is fantastic. Uh, who decides on when to draw the line? I mean, let's say I show up. Let's say I've got a problem with you, and I want to donate 100 bucks to have you come clean out my septic tank. Would, would you do it? Who draws the line there? What if you say no, and I say, I'll give you 1000 bucks? Um, well, we're just bought for the hourage, and that's worked out later. So, I mean, I guess we're indebted to you at that point, so it might be a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. It's a dirty job, but it's going to a great cause, and, you know, that might happen. I don't know. Um, Nate Knounce is our guest, and uh, he's a Sigma Phi Epsilon member here at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, uh, a bro auction. Uh, have you been auctioned off yourself? I have. What uh, was it, and how much? Uh, my stepfather brought me bought me for $300 to do yard work. Okay. That's what I would expect with a, with a bro auction. Are there any, I guess, auction items that I wouldn't expect? Um, some weird things going on. Nothing illegal, of course, but something weird or outlandish. Uh, one of our sweethearts bought one of our brothers to clean her entire bathroom. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Um, we have Renaissance brothers and faculty that buy students for cra uh, just crazy outlandish stuff that they really don't want to do at their house. Right. Um, and it benefits MS? M MS Walk and Relay for Life, yes. Okay. And this uh, bro auction uh, benefits the MS Walk and Relay for Life, so that is fantastic to hear about. Now, I also heard about another project you guys have. Uh, what is that? That is, we volunteer every year at the world's largest brat fest held in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, so it is a festival that raises money. Um, a lot of organizations can volunteer their hours at it, and then per every hour that you work, depending on which shift you're doing, you get money back, and then that goes toward whatever philanthropic endeavors you have. And for our listeners in Texas and on the West Coast, you need to know that a brat in Wisconsin it doesn't get any bigger than that. So Bratfest in Madison, Wisconsin, the capital city, you're volunteering. That has to be pretty fun, too. I would imagine, like on State Street in Madison, Wisconsin, there's brats everywhere, and it's probably a beautiful fall day, and it's gorgeous. It might be football season. Tell us how about the, I guess, pomp and circumstance behind that Bratfest. Um, well, they have, I think the record is about 280,000 brats sold over a period of four days. Um, and they also sell roasted corn and stuff, but they, so there's grillers and stuffers and condiment station workers and the corn roasters. Um, we've essentially taken over the condiments tents and um, just incorporate what we call, or what's called fish philosophy, so it's just making work fun. Um, and we incorporate everybody who's coming in to just, you know, put some condiments on their brats, and then we just make it a great day for them. Um, it helps the day go best, faster for us, too. And you get, I guess, points for your, your man hours, and that's, that's why it's worth doing. Okay. What uh, is your favorite brat? How do you dress it up? Maybe some melted <laughs> cheese and pepper, grilled onions. How do you do it? Um, poppy seed bun. Let me guess. Poppy seed bun? Uh, well, if I was getting one there, it would, I mean, you just get your brat and your bun, and then um, I like um, onions and sauerkraut and ketchup Ooh. on mine. Um, if I was doing it at home, it would be a little bit different, though. Okay, budget, there's no, money is not an object, and you can put anything you want on it. Is there a lobster brat? Do they do that? Let's invent the lobster brat. That could be intriguing. <laughs> I don't know how many Wisconsinites would be pro for it because we're not by the coast, but uh, if you could put a lot of cheese on there and maybe a steak, uh, that would probably go over well here. 
He is Nate. He is a student at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. He's a member of Sigma Phi Epsilon, and he's socially awareness, philanthropically minded. We thank you for getting involved with the community. It's inspirational for me and all of our listeners to know that there's young college people across the country that get involved, and that's what we love to hear. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And I'm your host, Adam Ritz. We thank you again for hanging out with us on The Adam Ritz Show. Today we are coming to you from Boulder, Colorado. We welcome a friend of the show, Lowell Whiteman. Hi, Lowell. How are you? Thanks, Adam. I'm doing great. And you are usually on the telephone. With uh, your updates, uh, you are the founder of 360 Mindset, and we appreciate and love your updates when you send them to us. And you report from the field on uh, such topics in the athletic world um, concerning sports psychology, and I'm probably butchering what you do, so (laughs) it'd probably be best for just to let you explain what 360 Mindset is and what you do. We focus a lot on the mind-body connection to make sure that athletes have their focus on what their thoughts are before they actually take the action so that when they do perform, they're performing at their highest level, creating strategies and methods to help them do that. Okay. What is uh, some of your recent activity? Well, one of the most recent things that I'm really excited about is breathing techniques, and I've been going out doing pilot studies with... uh, basketball coaches to help their team uh, players raise their foul shooting percentage. And interestingly enough, the results are amazing so that coaches can realize anywhere from two to four points increase to their game scores, which to some games in competitive situations is the difference between a win or a loss. This is like Moneyball. Yeah, pretty much, yes. You're telling me with breathing exercises, I guess, and yeah. controlling your breathing, your foul shot percentage can go up? Absolutely. And, <laughs> in, yeah, in fact, it's based on a lot of the, the thought that comes from very extreme situations where uh, military personnel, when they go into combat, uh, the uh, Green Berets, Special Forces, Navy SEALs, they talk about breathing techniques before they break through that door and start having bullets fly by their, their eyes. They do that so that they bring heart rates and respirations down to a level that maximize the highest performance. So for for me, I'm, they're not getting bullets shot at him at the foul line, but they may think it they are, but they had a trauma when they went to the hole and they got knocked down and now they got to overcome that trauma very quickly. Well, they don't think about that. So the breathing techniques gets them into thinking about the breathing, number one. So the psychology is to bring that into play, get them not thinking about the things that brought them to the line and then get them into a rhythm and a balance. And if when they breathe the way I ask them to, they, their, their whole spinal uh, structure settles into their hips. They're more balanced. And I imagine a minute to go in the game, you've played all four quarters, you're very tired, you're the worst foul shooter on the team, and you're the one they want to foul. Yeah. And they do. So you want to optimize your ability to perform, and the breathing technique does that. And I've got the studies we've done to this point have, have indicated that, and I'm really excited about moving forward uh, with that, that uh, pilot study into a grander scheme. Okay, so the research and the studies show that uh, breathing helps, I guess, shooting percentage. My question is, what is the breathing uh, coaching technique you have, or what are you uh, what are you teaching these athletes to do with their breathing? It, the breathing technique is based on um, methods I've looked at from uh, yoga, uh, from um, uh, transcendental meditation work, um, and so it's. Very simply this, you're always breathing through your nose and out through your mouth. The reason doing that is because that's maximizing the amount of O2 into your system. If you breathe just through your mouth, you've got a blend of both carbon dioxide and oxygen. That's not optimal. You want the most optimal situation. When you then are taught with the protocol I give you to use the most lung capacity you can, and most of us, we take breathing for granted because we have to. 
if you learn how to use more of your lung capacity, that means that you're getting more oxygen to more tissue, and that means that you're stronger longer. You have higher resiliency and more recovery power by using the breathing technique. So I'm not going to go into all the details because I don't want to give it all away, but that's the essence of what's happening. More oxygen to more of your tissue so that you're able to perform at high levels for a longer period of time. So if I'm watching a game and I see the guy go up to the free throw line and he's breathing through his mouth, I can, I can call Vegas and make the bet <laughs> that he's going to miss those free throws. Well, you know, I can't guarantee it, <laughs> but I can certainly give you a probability that it's a lot more likely that they'll miss if their historical behavior has been inconsistent. They're going to continue to be inconsistent. And I, I might, like you, I might make the bet. Did you notice when you started talking about breathing through the nose that I immediately shut my mouth and started breathing through my nose? <laughs> yeah, there's a conscious <laughs> trigger there, isn't there? <laughs> I want to be good at this. I want to be good. Any breathing techniques for me to have a better radio show? Well, I think you're doing a pretty good job the way you are, so I'm not going to try to alter that process, but I know that anybody that's in a, in a place where they're, they're trying to be the best they can be, and I've, I've taken lessons from those wonderful people in our military uh, services that... When they, when they have to go to battle and do the right thing at the right time and survive it, they're, they're working on some breathing techniques that put what I'm teaching to basketball players to shame. So, yeah, I'd say breathe better, you'll do better, regardless of what you're doing. Lowell Whiteman is our guest. He's the founder of 360 Mindset. It's a sports psychologist organization. You work with high elite level college and pro athletes on how to make their performance better. And we like, you know what, we like hearing that on this radio show because we're not pro athletes. So we, you know, sports imitates life. And whether you go to work every day in a cubicle, you can take away from this, you know, while you're sitting at work, breathe through your nose. Oh, Maybe you'll have a more, more productive day. Well, and you'll be more relaxed. And, you know, I think everybody's trying to be more transcendental in their processes, especially in high-stress days that they might have. So if you take a walk at lunchtime, you know, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, uh, take that big cleansing breath that you might have learned from yoga or Pilates or uh, any, of, any of the classes that help you with that, and, and check me out on 360mindset.com. Absolutely. And what's the Twitter? Uh, at Coach LKW. At Coach LKW. From 360 Mindset, we're in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you for uh, inviting us out here to uh, do the interview. And let's talk about Boulder real quick. I know it from, uh, from a kid. I know it from Mork and Mindy. Um, I'm sure anybody in my generation knows Boulder, Colorado. Mork and Mindy. Uh, how long have you been in the Boulder area? What's your favorite part about the place? Well, the first thing I have to say to that is Shazbot. <laughs> and if you know what that means, yeah. you're over 40 years <laughs> exactly. old. Exactly. Okay. Um, and it's been about nine years we've been in the Boulder area. And one of the things I like is that there is, you're always on vacation. I mean, you've got the mountains and the foothills and uh, active winter sport person that I am. But more importantly, there's, there's just an attitude and a mindset out here about um, being uh, benevolent and considerate of everyone and uh, smiling faces we came from Chicago nothing bad about Chicago but it's a little dreary sometimes and people aren't always smiling it's hard to smile in February in yeah, Chicago. yeah it is. the ice and the dirty snow it just doesn't go go very well with smiling so out here we found people like yielding to let us actually merge into traffic and waving to us to do so and actually getting irritated when we didn't so that was a very very big step for us to understand nine years ago how wonderful a place it is out here uh, and many things that are very near and dear to my wife and I is the equality that, that people are, are feeling towards women and women's rights out here. There's, there's some activity going on the next few months that I want to make sure everybody's aware of. There's a great organization called misrepresentation.org. Uh, uh, the uh, lieutenant governor of California, his wife is the impetus behind that organization. They're doing wonderful things. So as you're 
going through your daily lives and wondering, what can I do to help people out uh, and, and feel stronger about who they are? Uh, check out Misrepresentation and see how you can help young women be better at who they are as young women. Oh, well, okay. Tell, I got to ask. Tell us more about it. Misrepresentation.com? Mis- yeah, misrepresentation.org. I'm sorry, .org. Yeah, they're not-for-profit, and they work on just sensitizing our communities about the inequalities between uh, what women are trying to strive for. I've got a daughter. You have, Adam, we have two daughters, and I, we both want our kids to get the best that they can, and there are obstacles. And unfortunately uh, for women, men have not had as many obstacles. And what misrepresentation is doing is gr- building the awareness of that so that young women coming out of school into the workforce know about how to work with and around those obstacles so they can be the best they can be, whether it's in politics, uh, a normal five, nine to five job, whatever it is, uh, seek out those resources and capabilities to help them be the best they can be. And misrepresentation.org uh, does that. And you work with the Lieutenant Governor of California's wife on yeah, this project? Yeah, she's the, she's the impetus behind it. She's done a lot of documenta- documentaries about it, about the, the glass ceiling that's out there in the corporate world. It still exists, and many women in the corporate world will say it does. Others may say, no, I've had my chance. You've got, we've got many more seats. CEOs that are women. But in politics, the voice of a woman is not as loud as it could be uh, because they haven't been given opportunities. Um, and I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for anybody who's going to bring a better world out sure. of us all. So, Okay, and that's misrepresentation. Miss, misrep- I'm going to guess it's two S's, right? Yeah, right. M-I-S-S, misrepresentation.org. Dot org. Okay. Well, this is great stuff. Breathe through your nose. Misrepresentation.org. Uh, It's Lowell Lightman from 360 Mindset. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show, and we look forward to your reports in the future uh, on the show. Always a pleasure, Adam. Thanks for having me. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.